Good evening, and thank you all for joining us for another Friday with friends. See, I have a nice friend with me right here that just popped up on our screen. Uh, most of you, though, or some of you know that we have Sister Karen Payton with us tonight, and uh, you all should be familiar with she and Brother Payton. They've been friends, if you will, of Newark for years and uh, have had much contact with us. And so uh, tonight we're going to get to hear Brother Payton's better half story. <laughs> I know he's listening. I'm just throwing shade, Brother, Brother Payton. You know we love you both. Um, but anyway, thank you all for joining us. If it's your first time with us, we welcome you. Uh, if you would like information about us, be sure to go to newarkubc.info. There you can find out all kinds of information about us. You can even, especially if you're new, go to the I'm new card. This I'm new card, you can leave us your information. Uh, from that, we can um, we can add you to our list to receive reminders of different things that are going on uh, within the church, different um, services and things like that. Uh, also, there's a media card that contains all, tons of past services and messages that you can avail yourself of at your own um, leisure. And also there's information about small groups and our children and youth classes. There's all kinds of stuff there about us. So just remember newarkupc.info. All right, well, I'm gonna share from those um, house cleaning items, I called it, and I am gonna to get to our interview with Sister Karen Payton tonight. Welcome, Sister Payton. Thank you. <laughs> uh, I'm actually looking forward to this story. I've had many, many conversations, maybe at least it feels like with she and Brother Payton, along with Steve and others, and I probably should know some of this stuff, but as most of you guys know, I have a terrible memory. So um, part of her story will be unfolding even for me tonight. And so, Sis Payton, if you want to take a, just a second and greet the, uh, the, the viewers, you can go right ahead. But we're going to start. This church loves stories. Um, they love to hear people's testimonies and where they, you know, where people uh, came from and how they came to the Lord, that kind of thing. So uh, we're going to start there tonight. We're going to start at the ground and, and, and work up. But anyway, we're going to take a, a second and greet the congregation. The congregation, you can. Hey, hello, everyone. Good to be with you all again, even though it's at a distance. Um, Kind of excited about tonight but kind of nervous too so bear with me and i'll do my best to do it say what god wants me to say and share with you all so hey that's all right hey again it's just like we're having a conversation and everybody else gets to listen in <laughs> <laughs> yeah but you don't know who's listening <laughs> See, I got my cup of tea, and I'm just saying, I'm going to settle down for even with Sister Karen <laughs> I know better it's easier to say right yeah. Yeah, this web can be kind of scary, right? You have no idea, you know, how right. you're going, what you're right. <laughs> I feel you. So, so tell us, you know, tell us where you were born, you know, where you were raised, and just tell us a little bit about the, the early part of your story. Oh, the early part. You think I can remember that back that far? Uh -huh. <laughs> I'm a maniac. I was born in Maine, Old Town, Maine. A maniac. And, uh, yeah. And uh, I... Basically, my whole life has been about church because my dad was a minister um, mm. and I'm fourth. Let's see. My great grandfather, he wasn't a minister, but he helped start a church there in Old Town, uh, Peacove area. And then my grandfather was a licensed UPC minister. My dad was a licensed UPC minister. And uh, then I came along. Oh, wow. <laughs> so, yeah. Okay. So I've been a, I'm a PK, a preacher's kid. And uh Kind of grew up everything was about church i mean i was the ones that you know slept on the pews or under the pews oh, when i was a kid <laughs> and uh you know my sister and i when i was young we had to get up in front of everybody and sing uh 
a duet and uh you know so i was introduced early into you know being in front of people and doing stuff and um and i was just a young teenager i had my own sunday school class so you know i was introduced to ministry at a very early age um ministry in general Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. and uh, i remember i used to travel with my dad sometimes he was a presbyter at times uh in the district of maine and uh at times you would have to fill in interim like for churches if their pastor was out of town or whatever. Mm-hmm. And I would, I would travel with him and that was kind of cool and helped out wherever, whatever needed helping out. <laughs> uh, oh yeah. Yeah. So, I mean, you know, it's just, it's just what I've known all my life. Okay. actually. So is you, you, you mentioned your sister, you just have one sibling. Yeah. I have one sister, two brothers. Um, oh, two brothers. Okay. Actually I had, three the first one died before i ever met him he was just young um but then uh, my other brother is deceased i have a brother and a sister that's still living in maine oh so, okay yeah. all right all right so oh, you, you mentioned something pretty interesting to me that uh, you were introduced to ministry pretty early and yeah. so was that a thing that was encouraged i'm kind of leading you here right in other words well, given that- it, it wasn't encouraged or discouraged it's just what it was you know when I look back at it, it's like, it's just what we did, you know, uh, uh, as a family. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And mm-hmm. I always, I remember, you know, growing up, I always saw myself as an adult. I, at the time, I didn't know, of course, as a kid, you don't know what, what your adult is going to look like. But I assumed that when I grew up, I'd either be a minister's wife or a missionary's wife or an evangelist's wife. But it was always in the wife, <laughs> you know, as a wife. I really didn't see myself doing you know, ministry on my own as far as once I left home. Uh, but God had other plans, obviously. <laughs> oh, that's the part of the story I'm interested in to learn. Okay. <laughs> okay, so you grew up in in, uh, in Maine. And then so you mentioned leaving home. When was that? What was that to do initially? Okay, I left home when I was 21. Okay. And uh, my I had, a, I had a really close friend who had just graduated from Bible school. Uh, in Canada, uh, it's NCC now. It was it was Marysville Bible School back then, but uh, she convinced me that we needed to go together, move to another city about a hundred and I don't know how far it was from us, but it seemed like a long ways at the time. <laughs> still uh, in Maine? Yeah, it's still in Maine. It was uh, it was a home missions church that was starting, and we were going to go as tent makers, as they called them then. Ah. Um, they called them tent makers and they were people that went to help out wh- whoever, whatever the minister was there, uh, just to help them get a church started. Mm-hmm. So it's like, okay, well, I'll, I'll think about it. I'll pray about it. Well, I decided, yes, you know, this is, this is the next step. You know, this is probably what I should do. Mm-hmm. So uh, we did, we went, uh, we moved and it was like, the church was like, the pastor, his family, and us. That was it. <laughs> it was like seven people. That was church. But um, it was really I, getting started, right? Yeah. Mm-hmm. I actually ended up staying there 17 and a half years, but I uh, saw the church grow from like nothing to, really? uh, I think by the time I left, it was running. I'm, I'm terrible with numbers, but I think it was running a ravaging around 150. And, um, uh, so, you know, and it was like, it was really great though, because um, I didn't, it wasn't a place where I did much um, 
uh, pulpit ministry, but I mean, every other type of ministry you can imagine had to be done by someone, right? So, yeah. so, okay, so what like, did you do? Okay, it wasn't pulpit ministry. That was 17 years. So I'd imagine you did quite a few yeah. things. So tell well, us some, some of the things you did. It's kind of funny because when talking about pulpit ministry, I actually did more pulpit ministry up to that point when I was a teenager than I did once I moved here. <laughs> when, I was, when I was a teenager, I'm just going to jump back in time just a little bit. Um, about a mile from where we lived, there was a, the church that my great-grandfather had helped to start. Mm-hmm. Um, it was like a mile from home. And so we knew all the people there, you know, all the young people were my friends. So I started going. I went there a lot, even as a kid, for vacation Bible schools and uh, youth services. <clears throat> and uh, so what they did in their youth services, the youth, young people would take turns being the speaker for the youth services. Oh, yeah. So mm-hmm. I... I I love that time because I can remember going through my dad's, he had a set of those Erdman's pulpit commentary sets and I would go through those and I would find sermons and I would preach them <laughs> and I had a great time, but you know, it was, it was early days, but uh, I had fun doing it. But then it's really interesting because it seems like every phase that I went through in the ministry and it, it seems like my life is divided up into places I've been and phases of ministry Mm -hmm. rather than just one big whole picture. Mm -hmm. Um, So um, when I went there, like I say, it wasn't much pulpit ministry at all, but uh, I did everything from teaching Sunday school. Uh, We had outreach that we had to do every weekend. Um, Oh, we, yeah yeah that was not fun door, but, door, knocking. <laughs> door knocking yes uh-huh. and you had these little all the tent makers they have these I don't know if they all did but at this church we did we had these forms we had to fill out every week to make sure we checked all the boxes you know how many how many tracks did we pass out how many doors did we know? <laughs> it's like okay oh, wow. <laughs> but um and then, of course, you know, when you're teaching Sunday school, you have to do visitation and check it up on your kids. And, mm-hmm. and uh, I can remember that was an experience in itself because um, th- this was, you know, some of the kids, they came from areas that you go to, you go to visit them and you mm-hmm. end up stepping over their drunk father that's passed out on the floor, you know, wow. to, mm-hmm. to talk with their mom. And, you know, it, it opened my eyes to a lot Um you know, because I had never up to that point had to deal, you know, with that type of thing. Wow. And um, so, so, you it was, actually, so you guys actually went to people's homes and checked. Yes, yes. Checked we on. went to people's homes. Well, actually, probably at first we would send a postcard or something. Mm-hmm. Then we'd make a telephone call. But mm-hmm. if they still didn't show up, we were knocking on the door and visiting to see where they were and why they hadn't been in Sunday school. How did that or, go? How were you received? I'm just kidding. Actually, not actually pretty good because... Uh, yeah, I mean, you know, they had their issues and their problems of why their kids weren't in Sunday school, but, you know, the people liked us, you know, we're, we're pretty likable, come on. <laughs> well, you're pretty sweet, yes. <laughs> I'm sure you but, were uh, scared when you were younger, too. <laughs> and actually, the first time I had horse meat was one of my Sunday school kids' mother. She invited us to dinner, and, and she fed us spaghetti, and it was made, the meatballs were made out of horse meat, so that was that was interesting. <laughs> oh, was that a common thing in Maine, or was that? No, <laughs> that was my first time to to try it. But uh, anyway, did you know it before you ate it? No, I had a, I had an idea because she had mentioned something about it before. If we'd ever had it, 
Uh-huh. I was kind of suspicious. And then when I asked, you confirmed that yes, it was. <laughs> Did it taste like chicken? <laughs> no. <laughs> it didn't taste bad though. It was me. <laughs> but um, okay. you know, and we did bus ministry, helped out with that. Um uh you just you name it, was in a building program mm -hmm. with mm -hmm. all that involved. Um, I played the piano, I sang, I was a treasurer for the church. Um, you know, just everything, you know. Was at some any, point at some point maybe not all at once but at some point you kind of did a little bit of everything mm -hmm, mm -hmm. So, so so you obviously felt free to do those things and obviously in the case oh, where, yeah. the labors, where the labors are few you know that then, right, was right. There anything that you can recall that you were prohibited from doing well other than the pulpit ministry other than that. <laughs> but you know i i a lot of people probably a lot of women especially i think they feel like you know, if they've been held back in some ways, they, they resent it or, or mm -hmm. allow bitterness to, to creep in or whatever. But I never did because, especially back then, that's kind of just the way it was, you know. Women mm -hmm. were not really in the pulpit much. Um, right. I remember growing up, there were, there were a couple women ministers in the district, um, but they were like preachers' wives. They weren't really on mm -hmm. their own. Mm -hmm. even though they did hold the license and mm, okay. you know they 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 were accepted mm -hmm. um, they weren't really you know put up or promoted or oh. encouraged I, I think they were even just tolerated by some but <laughs> but actually overall Maine is a is a good district for women it really is uh, oh, okay. and uh, and now we have several women ministers in, a, in the district in Maine and uh, you know they're they're all great women. They've stepped out on faith. They've, they've done things uh, and allowed to do things that a lot of women wouldn't be able to do in other districts. So, you know, I'm proud of them. <laughs> but, back then, but, but, but back then, you know, I would just kept so busy doing everything else. I really didn't even feel like mm -hmm. it was something I really wanted to do or, or felt yeah. the need to do. Sure. So you, you, had, a, you had a lot going on. That yeah. Kept active in it. Mm hmm. And, and that's one thing I found about ministry. It doesn't really matter what you're doing. If you're doing what God wants you to do, whatever is at your hand to do. Mm. Um, if you just do that, I mean, God, he makes a way. Whenever he wants you in a place, he'll, he'll make sure you're there. Yes, um, he will. I agree with that. And, and that's kind of what my life has been. It's just going from one open door to another. You know, it's like wow. I'm not trying to knock down doors or push my way into any yeah. positions or anything. It's like. Will you do this? Sure. Okay. You know, yeah. and uh, just keep following his lead. Yeah. Yeah. And if you do that, I mean, God opens up doors. He makes a way sure. even, you know, things that you might not have even dreamed that mm -hmm. you would want to do or end up doing. It's like, well, you know what? There you are doing it, you know? Uh -huh. so, yeah. Okay. You spent 17 years. 17 and a half years. Yes. So, so how did you get from there to Alaska? Okay. Well, that's kind of interesting too, because I had, ever since I was a kid, I was always interested in Native Americans. Um, mm. You know, I used to love to read novels or, or historical books about, you know, the uh, American Indians. Mm -hmm. Then I got into a, reading about the Eskimos in Alaska, and I really loved that. I thought that was so cool. And, and the more I read about them, the more I thought, you know what, I would really like to 
to work with the Eskimos, you know, I really would. But, you know, when you're young, you think, well, that's just a fantasy, you know, that's just Mm -hmm. something that, you know, it's, it's, it's adventurous, it's exciting, you know, Uh, but is it really God's call? You know, you really don't know. Uh, When you're working through all that, Mm -hmm. you really don't know. But there would be times I felt, well, yeah, it is. So I would put out feelers here and there, you know, just kind of putting out a feel to see, is this really God's will or is this me, you know? Mm. Hold on a second, because I was having a conversation with somebody else the other day about, I I call it pushing doors and you you call it putting out feelers. (laughs) In what ways did you put out feelers? Just give us a couple of uh, One one thing I did is I wrote a, uh, I wrote a letter to the home missions director there in the district of Alaska. Mm -hmm. And at that time, nothing seemed to really materialize. Um, You know, of course I prayed about it. and I, I don't remember in specific um, other things that I did. I, I know there was, uh, there might've been one or two other ways. Mostly it was just, mostly it's just praying about it. And, you know, if there was a, a chance to sure. contact or talk to somebody about it, maybe that would be sure. more like it, you know. Um, and I would talk to my friends and I would say, you know what? Because Alaska, I mean, that's a long way from the state of Maine, you know. And I was young and single. So it's like, I'd say to my friends, hey, you know, how would you like to go to Alaska with me to be a missionary to the Eskimo? Okay. Seriously, you get a call to Hawaii, let us know. <laughs> right? Who wants right. to go to Alaska? <laughs> yeah, yeah. So, but like I say, so it was like, you know, there would be like ebb and flow, come and go. Mm-hmm. And finally, um, it, just, it just kept reoccurring so many times. It would come to my heart. Mm-hmm. Um, so I thought, well, you know, I need to find out for sure. Is this me or is it God? Sure. Um, so I contacted through my, my pastor, who was a district superintendent, contacted the district superintendent in Alaska. Mm-hmm. And, uh, you know, he said he had a young lady there in his church that was interested in, um, to go work with the, with the Eskimos. So, um, the district superintendent of Alaska sent back. Uh, two options. <coughs> Excuse me. Um, one was in Bethel, and the other was in King Salmon. What I didn't know at the time was the only only the one in Bethel was to the Eskimos. The one in King Salmon was to uh, an uh, an Indian group. Okay. They were natives, but they were Indian, not Eskimo. Okay. <coughs> Excuse me, I got to tickle Wait, my throat. That's okay. <clears throat> oh, I hate when that happens. All right. <clears throat> I know. Quick, quick question, not to deviate too far, but just so we know, because I'm ignorant about origins. So Eskimo and Indians, the difference, I mean, in other words. Oh, absolutely. Yes. Yes. Um, the, the Eskimos, they are more of a Asian descent. Mm. They crossed over uh, the northern part of Alaska when the, there was a land bridge was there. Mm-hmm. <clears throat> and so they came over there, whereas the Indians were from the lower um okay the lower part so they're they're definitely two distinct uh you know okay peoples yes people groups (laughs) all right so and i prayed about it i thought well Bethel, you know that means house of god i guess i'll pick Bethel. and uh that exactly (laughs) and hey it was the eskimo one i picked right you know um okay so i said um because I, I decided I had three weeks of vacation coming to me, paid vacation for my work. And I thought, I'm going to settle this once and for all. Uh, I'll go up there for a vacation. 
And if it's God, he'll let me know. If it's not, I'll have a good time, you know, have a vacation up there. Mm-hmm. Well, long story short, I went up and uh, while I was there, we had, we was flown into a small Eskimo village and we had church in this little like shack. I mean, it was just, you know, what we would consider a, a shed or something, not really a home or a, or a church building for sure. Mm-hmm. And there was a, you know, precious people, the Eskimo people, I just fell in love with them immediately. And I just felt so at home and so so like, this is where I belong because like for the two and a half years prior to my going to Alaska, I just, you know how when God's ready to move you someplace else, you just feel restless. You don't feel really like you belong where you are at. And I just felt like I don't. I don't know that about a physical location, but I know that about a different level, so to speak. Right, right, right. right. Mm-hmm. Where God is kind of stirring up the nest and, and mm-hmm. getting ready to kick you out. Mm-hmm. And uh, so I had felt that. I had felt that restlessness, and I, I looked around. It's like you know, God. There's a lot of people in this church here. They don't need me here anymore. And my heart was always for missions. You know, mm-hmm. it'd be at home missions or or whatever kind of missions. Mm-hmm. I had a heart for missions, and so <clears throat> it was like. Um, so when I went there, I had that peace in my heart. It's oh. like, this is where you belong. Mm-hmm. This, is, this is where God wants you. So, I mean, all doubt was removed. I, I didn't have any questions anymore that that is the plan that God had for me. Mm-hmm. However, I didn't know how it was going to work because <laughs> when I went back to Maine, it was like, okay, God, you know, I, I, I feel the confirmation. This is where you want me. But I had a list of like five or six things that, you know, would have to take place before I would feel the liberty or the freedom to be able to go. There were positions that I held at the church that would need to be filled. Mm-hmm. Um, <clears throat> I had a vehicle that I wanted to sell. Uh, you know, there was different, just different things that I felt like I needed to have done to be released. And, um, and you know, I, I had the list. And I told God about the list. And <laughs> here's my <laughs> list. <laughs> and the because. You know, one by one, they just was taken care of, you know, until the very last one was the money. <laughs> money is always the issue, right? Yes. Um, because, you know, it was expensive, even more expensive back then to be flying mm. uh, that far. Mm. You know, we're talking thousands of dollars. And uh, <clears throat> so out of the blue, the, uh, the admissions director for the Yukon, Alaska district called me. Mm-hmm. And he says, I hear you're interested in coming as an assistant missionary to help out uh, in Bethel. I said, yes, that's true. He says, are you really serious about this? Do you really do it? I said, yeah, um, I really am serious about it. He said, well, if you are, he said, we will pay your way here. He said, we will come. You'll be, we'll send you the money, the tickets, whatever. We'll make sure that you get here. We'll, we'll pay your way. Wow. And it's like, Okay, God, <laughs> there goes my life. Can't get any <laughs> the louder than that. On the list. Right? It's now and ever, right? I got I to gotta follow through. And everybody's telling me, you know, oh, man, that's so far away, you know. Uh-huh. Uh, and here I was, I mean, single. Yeah. And it's wait, like. Wait, about how old were you at that time? I was 38. 38, okay. All right. 30, actually 37 when I first went over. And then. 38 mm-hmm. when I went back I'm pretty sure I kind of lose track of the years but <laughs> I just want to get a time frame <laughs> yeah um 
So I went, so I went back over and uh, like I say, single, but I had reached the point where it's like, you know, God, I had all these dreams when I was young about being a pastor's wife, missionary's wife, manager's wife, whatever, but I don't need to be married to work for you. You know, you have a work for me to do, even as a single, I can do it. You know, I don't need to, I don't need to be married. So, um, and, and I did a lot of work too. There was a, we had a large singles group. Uh, at the church where I had been uh, working okay. mm-hmm. and so you know we were encouraged we encouraged one another and you know I just I felt like you know it was a good example to them as well to step out and do something sure. uh, as a single you know because you yeah, don't yeah. all the singles out there you don't have to be married to do God's work <laughs> tell them I was about to say that so often we're waiting on right, something right. in order to yeah right. you and don't God need can... to wait God God can use you in whatever, whatever you're single, married, or whatever. Um, God can use you as a, if you're a willing vessel. That's all you need to be. Say, God, here I am. Use me, um, however you see fit. Mm-hmm. And and that's what He's looking for. He looks for people that are willing, and that'll that saying, God, you know, whatever. Yeah. Uh, and don't try to lay down all the rules and regulations for God. <laughs> that's right. right, right. Your ultimatums. Yeah. <laughs> right. Right. Obviously, what God has for you, as we say, he has for you. And even on the way right. and doing whatever you're doing, he can bring those people or whatever it is that you may be hung up on. He's still bring right. things to you, sure. Right. And and all those things that I thought I would be, mm-hmm. I ended up being able to do most of them before I was married and, and the rest of them after I was married. So it's like, okay, God, you got this, you know. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. But anyway, so I did. I, I went up there and... Um, it was really, it was really fun. I loved it. We had, we had church like all the time, <laughs> all, the time. all the time. There was always, you know, people there, they were so hungry and uh-huh. uh, you know, it was, it was working with them, teaching Bible studies, having church and, and they had no regular set time for church. You know, if you got together, you were having church and, and um, you know, it just, it could go all night, you know, and especially, when when the when in the summer it's light all the time, the winter's dark all the time. You really don't pay attention to whether it's light or dark all the time, right? You just do oh. what you do, <laughs> whatever wow. you know. So so but, you uh, mentioned that that when you went over the first time, there was what service in some little hut type of deal, right? So right. were the, were the, were there like large centralized places where you guys would gather, or was it more in homes or you know? Oh how- uh, well. Uh, the uh, the major in Bethel was uh, it was like the hub for all the villages. It was okay. more of a city, so we did have a regular building. It wasn't it wasn't like a fancy church building. Uh, actually, the first the first building that they had um, was just it was a like a trailer that had been used as a pool hole in a, a trailer park. And uh, once you had services there, it was packed out and people running around the outside when the having a glory victory march running around and hooping home and then the neighbors weren't liking it so they were wanting us out of there <laughs> i just god, had a visual of that it's true <laughs> <laughs> and god provided a building uh a regular building of our own by itself um and that uh-huh. was that was really nice but um let me think i don't want to get too far ahead of myself That's okay I'm, I'm gonna tell erica to put out because i want to segue with with the, with the story so erica, okay. you, can, you can request uh questions at this point but you mentioned that you know you had at some point ideas of being married and you know being a missionary's wife or a pastor's wife and that kind of deal yeah so here well, you are well yeah and and at that point 
I was decided I'm never going to get married, right? Oh, you just resigned to say no. I, yeah, I decided, hey, I can, I can do this as a single. I don't need to be married, you know. Uh-huh. So I was doing really great as a single, and uh, and then it, it just as the situation that was going on at the time. Uh, like I said, we was having church all the time and everything, mm-hmm. um, but my husband was going through a a rough time. Um, with his family life and mm-hmm, mm-hmm. and his marriage and all, like your I said, I wasn't. Your husband well, to be. <laughs> my husband to be, yeah. <laughs> right. And I wasn't really involved a whole lot in that because, like I said, we were busy all the time, mm-hmm. uh, either having church or I was working. I had a job at a bank. Um, so, uh, as it turned out, early days, shortly after I got there, uh, he was he was single. Uh, he was a father to two little girls and a newly adopted little Eskimo boy uh, that he adopted. Yeah. And uh, so, you know, I helped out when I could, you know, the kids, the girls, especially, they would come over to my trailer where I lived. They called me Aunt Karen, you know, so I I got attached to them, you know, Uh but I'm going to slow you down for one second right here because, okay. So you obviously met brother Peyton there in alaska yes so what was he doing there what was he doing there well he he was there as a missionary he had gone there yeah, okay <laughs> yeah <laughs> he had gone there he was a missionary in place that i and another there was another young missionary uh a guy that had gone as a missionary assistant as well so you okay. know he was the main missionary but he, he had these assistants we were the two main assistants and he had some others uh elders and and ones okay. that were helping him um, but, um, what was I starting, starting to say? So you, you were saying that you would, you were Aunt Karen and, you know, you met Oh, right, people. right, right. And then, um, like I said, he was going through some stuff. His mother came up and while his mother was there, um, she talked to him and she said, well, you know, you've got to get on with your life. Uh, you, you need to, you need to get married. These kids need a mother. And he said, well, I don't know. There isn't anybody, you know, who'd want to marry me with these three kids. It was, certainly wasn't me. I was, <laughs> I was single and enjoying it, you know. And it's like you were happy being Aunt Karen. <laughs> and I, yeah, I didn't want any kids, you know. I didn't really know how to be a mother, especially at that age. I didn't want. It wasn't something I was thinking I wanted to tackle. Mm-hmm. But um, then his mom says, "Well, have you thought about Karen?" And he says, "She wouldn't want. To, <laughs> she wouldn't want to marry me." <laughs> and. Uh, so, I mean, it just, it was kind of funny because it was like, I think her being there, she kind of talked him into it and uh, she was kind of like did the segue, you know, it was like, talk to me and, you know, and uh, oh, yeah, she, she, she had, him, she she had me all picked up, out right? for him, right? Uh, but I really, you know, like I say, it, it wasn't, you know, when he first, you know, it was kind of friendly, you know, it's like. <laughs> no thank you <laughs> you know I remember one time he uh I, I and I didn't really mean to hurt his feelings but it was a uh, Valentine's Day we you know we oh, came oh out no, of the we store. can't take another Arash has told us a heartbreaking Valentine's story we can't take another one <laughs> <laughs> well they had these candies for st- you know on sale these hearts and stuff and I and bought a bunch of them and uh he was coming out of the store behind me. He said, hey, is this one of those for me? And I turned around and I says, well, sure, you can have one, but don't don't take anything. Don't 
don't take it personal or something like that because they had these little sayings on it you know i know i was <laughs> and uh but but you know between me being close to the kids and uh and working with him I really can't tell you exactly. I can't pinpoint, you know, like when it happened, when we started to think, well, maybe, you know, uh-huh. uh, but I think because we both had a heart and a love for the church and for the work there and for his kids. Uh-huh. And I, and looking back, I know it was a God thing, you know, because uh-huh. uh, God kind of opened my eyes and, and suggested, well, you know, maybe it's not so bad <laughs> to get married, you know, it's like, Okay. Wow. You do have a unique story. (laughs) (laughs) But, uh, but then, you know, it's like when we finally decided, yeah, okay, you know, maybe, maybe this is God's will. And uh, we talked to, so he didn't, he didn't, he's very, very cautious um, Mm -hmm. because neither one of us wanted to do anything that would be stepping outside of God's will or God's plan for our lives. Sure. So he, he talked to the district, uh, district superintendent there and um, he, he put, you know, he, he asked him about it and what he thought and, and everything. He says, I'm going to place myself under your, your decisions, you know, whatever you decide, you know, that's what we'll go with. Because you can't go wrong when you're trusting God, you know, uh-huh. sure. uh, trusting God with your lives and trusting the men of God that he has placed in your lives for direction. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And uh, so uh he my husband joey he felt like god had told him that if he would place himself under submission to his uh superintendent that mm-hmm. everything would be worked out okay so we did that um at first when he flew out there with his wife he never flew with his wife so when he flew out with his wife we knew he was probably telling me i had to leave and go back you know oh. with them to anchorage <laughs> Um, and it was his initial plan. That's what he was going to do. But when he got there, he didn't talk about it all that night. They went to bed and, uh, he said that God woke him up in the middle of the night and he told him to not, um, uh, I can't remember exactly the words, but you know, Uh whatever he had blessed that, um, he was not to interfere with it, that, that it was God's will in other words. So, so the next morning, um, at breakfast, he told he told Joey, he said, he said, my, my plan was to say no and to take Karen back with us. Mm-hmm. He said, but God told me differently in the night. He said, so he says, I give you my blessings that go ahead, you know. Oh. And uh, so I wanted, of course, my pastor back in Maine, who was a district superintendent, I wanted his blessings upon it as well. Because mm-hmm. um, he had been my pastor for like 17 and a half years. And plus he was a district superintendent there from uh, my home district. So um, he put his blessings on it. And actually we asked him to perform the ceremony and he did. So uh, we flew the whole bunch of us through the main. To, huh? I'm sorry. Did he fly out to Alaska? Did you no, no. My, my mom was dying. She had mm-hmm. uh, my, my father died earlier that year. He died in 91. And, um, mm-hmm. and my mom had, she had just had major surgery, um, she had cancer and she was not doing well. She would not be able to come to Alaska. So we, my husband had a good job at the time. He put a lot of money into plane tickets and we all went to Maine uh, and got married there in Maine. That was in October. My mom died the following January. So 
we were able, she was able to, it, you know, she could rest in peace that her baby girl was taken uh -huh. care of, you know? <laughs> yes, absolutely. That's, that's a big deal to moms, right? Yep. Yep. Absolutely. So well, we have yacked enough. Erica, you want to come back on? And, and it, it seems like I probably skipped over stuff, but you know, you, okay. got, you kind of got the highlights. Well, that's all right. Cause if we got more time, I'll, I'll pluck some water. You know, right? But uh, right. I'm sure our listeners will maybe pick up some things that maybe I missed. All right. Erica, do we have any questions in our Yes, we do. Um, what, well, they're two, they're both of them are from sister Regina. Um, did you do more pulpit ministry in Alaska? Um, actually, I wouldn't say pulpit ministry, not in Alaska, because um, we had so many people there. <laughs> it was kind of funny because I really didn't have to do any pulpit ministry. My husband preached. Uh, the, other, the other assistant missionary was a male. He preached some, but we had some elders uh, in the uh, Eskimos in the village there. Um, they had, they had some type of uh, Christian background. They had recently, just before my husband went there, they had flown. They saw the revelation of baptism in Jesus' name. They had flown into Anchorage, and uh, were baptized in Jesus' name. And so they were kind of like some of the founding elders of the of the church there. And they all, I mean, my husband just let them, you know, get up. We'd go to villages and everybody would take a turn. Everybody would get up and everybody would preach, you know, they'd, they'd take turns for a while. Church could go on for hours and um, they would get up, they would preach a while. You know, I sang with them. Mm -hmm. um, you know, I taught Bible studies individually, um, but church services were very different there. We didn't really have a lot of... Um, you know, we'd have our regular Sunday services or whatever with a kind of a regular format. But for the most part, it was just, you know, we would gather together and people would take turns singing and, and preaching, exhorting on scriptures. And, um, you know, it just it was just really a cool time. Um, wow, so that... and, it, and it wasn't again, I was so busy. It wasn't something that I was trying to pursue mm -hmm. uh, pulpit ministry. Actually, I didn't. I, I got back to pulpit ministry when after we got married and um, we were back in Maine pastoring in uh, northern Maine. We were there for like eight and a half years. And during that time, um, I was made co-pastor with my husband. Uh, he had gone through a lot of surgeries on his feet. He was not able to be up. And so during that time, I helped a whole lot in uh, doing a lot of the preaching and teaching uh, we had some MITs that also helped out, but yeah, I did a whole lot of pulpit ministry there. So, I mean, it's like, you know, I've, I've had a little bit of everything and uh, I've been happy to do whatever. It wasn't something, pulpit ministry wasn't something I was seeking, but God put it there anyways, you know? So even, even now I do some, but not a lot. Mm -hmm. um, and you know, it's, it's, it's something I, I don't mind doing. And I, I told God, I would not say no. That's why I'm here tonight. God opens doors. <laughs> I walk through them. I don't say no, if it's God, you know, oh, and, yeah. um, he, he makes everything. He, he really rounds you out. And there are so many different 
different things, different phases of my life, it's, it's always, you always need to be open to whatever God asks you to do, because even though it might not seem like ministry at the time, God is using it to further your ministry. There are experiences that you have to go through, um, situations that you have to be in that actually stretch you. They, they form you into who you need to be to be the type of minister that you need to be. Um, and you couldn't be that without the experiences and the, and the places and the things that he, he takes you to and, and brings you through. Uh, they're all for a reason or for a purpose. Oh, yeah. And, um, you know, I, I would encourage women that if they are feeling like they're not in the place that they want to be in ministry, go where God is leading them to be because God knows what they need to become what he wants them to be. Um, mm. And sometimes, <laughs> yeah, but sometimes, you know, we feel like we're ready and God says, no, you're not ready yet. You know, you need to go through a few things. You need to have your, you need, you need to be stretched in areas and in places that you've, you've before, you know, you've kind of closed up and, uh, sure. you know, kept people out of or, or not open to people or situations. And God, God knows how to do it. He'll, he'll stretch you and, in areas and in places that you never knew you needed stretching. It's like, okay, God, I didn't need that, you know? Oh, yeah. No, 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 Sister Karen, you don't know that this week our messages have been on the role of a servant. And we've been talking about some of these things and just. Oh, okay. Yeah, I haven't yeah, been you, following them all, no. You didn't even know. And you just, no. you just spoke some really good word okay, there related well, to that topic. There. Thank yeah. you, Lord. Absolutely. Yeah. yeah. Has a, some different perspective on that, sure. So there's another one that says, do you believe a woman can bring to the pulpit anything different from what a man brings? Well, I don't know about different as far as, um, as far as doctrinally, but definitely different as far as perspective, um, mm -hmm. because a woman can see things in ways that men don't because they're not wired the way we are. Uh, sometimes we have perceptions that they don't have. Um, and I think, I think God uses both. I think he uses men and women in ministry. Uh, because he made us both different, uh, even though we're both neither male nor female, neither male nor female with him, as far mm -hmm. as respect their persons. But uh, he did make us uniquely uh, as individuals. And women have, they seem to have a, a more not, they don't have um, all the nurturing, because a lot of men can be nurturers as well. Mm -hmm. But mm -hmm. they sometimes have insight. Uh, they are nurturers. They they are sensitive to things that men may not be. Mm -hmm. So I think I think they both men and women bring valuable things mm -hmm. to the pulpit, um, and that's why I like to see both being used uh, in ministry in a church because uh, they're not in competition with one another, but they are working together uh, to make the body complete and. Um, you know, just like in a family, you have a mom and a dad and, and the kids need both. They need, they need discipline. They need nurturing. They need, they need a little bit of both. And sometimes, you know, even in a family, the roles may be reversed. The, the mom might be the stronger one and the, and the dad might be the more caring one, but they're both necessary. So, um, yeah, I would say that, I would say that definitely women bring something to the ministry in the pulpit that men can be thankful for it completes them yeah 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 you mentioned uh, go erica i'm gonna be uh, quiet did, I'm, I'm gonna let the audience have the rest of the time more <laughs> pop it up as karen talks go ahead um did the eskimo church accept women ministers yeah 
Yeah, absolutely. They, uh, it, the Eskimo tends to be more of a matriarchal society anyways. Mm. Uh, so yeah, women were very much, I don't, re, I don't re remember anything negative being said about women in ministry. They were just, you know, they were accepted. Um, we had some very precious women in the church there that were very strong Christians. And, uh, mm -hmm. and, you know, like I said, we didn't do a lot of pulpit ministry, but they were certainly very effective and uh, very necessary to our church as a whole to mm -hmm. be what it was. So, yeah, I don't know if that answered your question yeah. or not. <laughs> that did it. That did it. Um, your husband would like me to ask you about pulpit ministry while pastoring in Mars Hills, Maine. I thought I covered that already, but uh, yeah, I did a lot of pulpit ministry there, and um, I taught a lot. I I preached a lot. I well, don't know Karen, what else he wants me to say. Okay, let me interrupt you for a second. Was Mars <laughs> Hills the place you moved to that you mentioned you were there for seventeen years? No, 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 no. That That's was in southern. Point. That was in more in southern, central southern Maine. Okay. Uh, Mars Hill is where we went after we were married when we left Alaska. Mm -hmm. We uh, we evangelized about 13 months. They ended up taking a church in Aroostook County in Maine. And uh, we pastored there for eight and a half years. And during that time, I did a lot of pulpit ministry there. I had a, um, every week I taught a women's Bible study group. And uh, that was a lot of fun. And, um, and, then, uh, and then on top of that, I did a lot of the preaching there, um, a lot of the teaching. Mm -hmm. uh, it was, like I said, my husband was laid up for about a year with surgeries on his feet, so he couldn't do any of it. Right. So I and some of the uh, ministers in training there, we filled in and carried the load. So okay. I don't know. If, Joey, if there's something else you need to let me know if I'm missing something. <laughs> I text her, brother Peyton. Text her. Notice he. Oh, where's okay. my phone? <laughs> okay, maybe not text her. Right? <laughs> um, was there or were there any challenges in ministering to the Eskimo people? Hmm. Can I add the to only, that? What about language? That was what I was curious about the Eskimo people as well. So maybe. Well, for the yeah, for the most part, the younger people. Um, could speak English. The older people spoke in their Yupik language, their native language. Uh, the younger, younger people, young, young, they were being taught both languages in school. Uh, but you had the, the mid group that they only, they only spoke English because when they were young, they weren't allowed to speak their native language in school. So, so it's kind of sad, but um, mm -hmm. the, like between, I don't know the exact ages, my husband knows better, but the, the mid-group age, they could only speak English. The younger ones could speak both English and Yupik. But the older ones, say, probably 50, uh, 60 and above, they only spoke Yupik. So with them, we would have to have a translator. Mm. Um, but uh, there wasn't, you know, there wasn't really that much of a problem with the, with the language. Wow. They, we, they sang a lot of choruses and songs in Yupik, which is really cool. We try to learn them and sing along, but weren't too successful. <laughs> so did you pick up any of the language at all? A little bit. I've not 
as much I don't use it as much anymore but uh, mm -hmm. uh, I, at the time I, I used quite a bit you know okay uh, yeah. so I didn't mean to hijack somebody's question there but no that's any, all right any other barriers that, you, that what was the question I don't remember what it was anymore <laughs> any if were, were there any challenges administering to the Eskimo people no no I don't I don't remember any challenges um the only the only thing that we had a problem with is um there's a lot of they're very susceptible to alcoholism um uh, mm -hmm. and so with a lot of them the the challenge was keeping them sober you know um you know they would come in and they'd do really good and then the next thing you know they would be you know out again mm -hmm. and so you have to help them bring them back to church you know and so with some of them, especially some of the newer converts, that was a problem. Not with the old, the older converts. They were, they were not like that because they had, uh, they had been delivered, I guess, or mm -hmm. overcome or whatever. But that that was one of the the problems that we had was the alcoholism was so great. Um, Why was that? What was what was that attributed to? Well, for one thing, um, I think in their genes, they're they're having a they're easily addicted hmm. uh, now they never had it until the white folks brought it in um i think i don't remember the i don't remember the one the name of the the man who led his you know when they were trading furs and stuff and they first came to the villages uh they introduced alcohol um, mm. and mm -hmm. which was which was really sad but <clears throat> Excuse me. I don't hmm. know where I was going with that. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> well, you were, we were talking about barriers and you said getting them sober was one barrier. <laughs> yeah, getting them sober was one barrier. But, you know, I, I guess she was asking why there was such a problem there. Mm -hmm. And uh, even though it was a, supposedly a dry, a dry town, it was outlawed. But you had the bootleggers, they would always bring it in and they would sell oh, yeah. it. Mm -hmm. And um, so a lot, of a lot of alcoholism, a lot of deaths because of alcohol mm -hmm. uh, or and suicide. That was a uh, very high among the, especially in the villages, because young people, they would, they would, they, everybody had a TV, you know, if they had electricity at all, they had a TV. They might not have anything else, but they had a TV mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. and they would see what they thought was reality in the outside world and knowing that they would never be able to have any of it, never be able to attain because they felt like, you know, they were, they were so limited and not able to become anything or to leave uh, their little village or where they were at. So mm -hmm. there was a lot of hopelessness there mm -hmm. as a result. And in one, I remember, especially, I can't remember the village, but in one graduating class of, um, I think, like, 23, uh, within a year, like, they all, except for a couple of them, had committed suicide. It was just so sad. That is awful. Yeah. So suicide, especially among the younger, younger people, is very high uh, because of the hopelessness. So that was one thing that you know, by us going there, we felt like we were bringing them hope, you know, mm -hmm. um, mm -hmm. that, that they may never leave their village, 
but they have they can get a hold of something that goes beyond um, and something that you know they can become a part of that is bigger than just a little village or the little uh, area that they live in and getting them connected to God um, brought them hope that mm-hmm. you know there is an escape there is a there is something else that we can that we can hold on to that mm-hmm. and look forward to better That's- yes it's a better way well, Eric, any questions? I have another um, one. Yeah, I don't want to take you, a long time. Did you find it difficult to adapt to the extremes of darkness and light in Alaska? I never did. Um, some people did, especially if they have um, whatever it is that they need sunlight a lot. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, if they don't have the sunlight, they get really depressed. depressed or, yeah. mm-hmm. or uh, I it never bothered me for one reason, I think where I worked in my job that I had before I went there, I worked a lot of the graveyard shifts. So I was used to sleeping in the daytime, you know, and getting mm-hmm. up at night. Mm-hmm. So that really didn't bother me. Um, now, if you try just to go by whether it's light or dark, you can have problems. But if you learn to live by the clock, you're okay. <laughs> uh-huh. I remember one time, not in Bethel, but after we had left Bethel and moved to Delta Junction, um, there was, we were out. We had a huge garden there. We were out working at it, you know, mm-hmm. clearing weeds and, and doing different things out in the garden. And finally, it's like, isn't it time for supper? You know, is it, is, what time is it anyway? Because, I mean, it's so light out. It was 11 o'clock at night. It's like, well, I think probably we ought to call it a day. Oh, my goodness. <laughs> That's crazy. Yeah, Which so makes you, it, well, you, you said live to, by the clock. You, you mentioned that. To, yeah. You have all night services and, and I mean, oh yeah it yeah. probably was pretty challenging though to live by the clock considering right and and kind of you don't I mean, if you're going to have a church service you go into a village and you're going to have a church service you don't say come at a certain time you know <laughs> because <laughs> people just come and go i mean you could be having church and some people would come they'd say well they'd leave somebody else would come you know you just you just have church you don't set times uh, because they'll show up when they want to show up and they'll leave when they want to leave. So I know it's some Newark folk that would love that kind of thing. <laughs> <clears throat> so, yeah. But, and a lot of them, you know, they would live like that. They mm-hmm. eat when they get hungry, they'd sleep when they get tired. But if you're holding a job of any kind, like I worked at a bank, so you kind of had to go by the clock, you know. Uh-huh. You have to get up at a certain time. You have to discipline yourself to go to bed, even though it's still light out. Um, yeah, yeah, it's okay. discipline for sure. Yeah. Sure, sure. Any other questions, Erica? Uh, yes. Um, have you remained in touch with anyone uh, you minister to in Alaska? And do you have any updates on how the churches in Alaska are doing now? Uh, I think they're doing pretty good. Uh, we meet usually every when we can if we when we have general conference. Uh, we meet with the pastor that's there now, and they catch us up on the news and, and let us know how the church is going. Um, and a lot of the people that we worked with, we had connections with there. We still keep in touch, like through Facebook or whatever. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, they're, they're still, <laughs> they are precious people. I mean, I still, I love them. And, you know, they still reach out to me. And, uh, you know, sometimes they'll comment on pictures that I put on or whatever. So I I still feel the connection there. We'd love to go back sometime and visit. Mm-hmm. Just mm-hmm. not sure. It's, you know, never worked out up to this point, but it's still on the back burner, something we'd like to do. <laughs> All right. Um, 
do you think because it was dark for half of the year uh, that brought out a lot of depression and alcoholism? I really don't know um, because, mm -hmm. you know, I, I don't know if that would or not because it's what they're always used to. You know what I'm saying? It's, mm -hmm. it's their way of life. So I don't think it would affect them as much as it would affect, you know, people like mm -hmm. us going in there that weren't used to it. Um, but, you know, it may, I, I just couldn't speak on that behalf, um, if that would have anything to do with it or not. Um, so I got to yeah. get one more. We're coming up, but we're close on time here. Erica, you can hold on if you got another one. But I have to ask this question because right. I heard that you had a lot to do with, or should I say, with, with Joey and his education. We all know that Joey has umpteen <laughs> you know, PhDs and all this yeah. stuff. And, and you know, but but I heard you played a key role in that. You want to tell us a little bit about that? Well, uh, mainly just like everything he's that he's ever since I've been married to him, that is uh, up until then, of course, I wasn't involved in his education, but all of the degrees he's gotten since then. Yeah. I'm like, I'm his editor. <laughs> I proofread all of his work. And uh, so I kind of get his education secondhand. And um, so I, I just, he got two masters and they, everybody said one was for him and one was for me. So, cause I don't have any formal education as far as degrees myself. But I've gotten them by proxy, you know, through him. Oh yeah, because <laughs> uh, yeah. you Did you always agree I, with everything he wrote? Uh, for the most part, yeah. <laughs> I mean, we would have some discussion sometimes about things. You know, I'd I'd ask him about things or view my, you know, my viewpoints, and and uh, sometimes I'd get him going just for the fun of it because, <laughs> especially when he was driving, he used to fall asleep a lot when he was driving before he realized what? he had sleep apnea. Mm -hmm. So I would get in a, I would pick up something I knew he didn't agree with, right? And I'd get in a heated discussion with him and just to keep him awake. <laughs> <laughs> so he wouldn't fall asleep while he was driving. And the kids, they'd be in the back seat and they'd say, oh no, you know. Here they go, right? <laughs> <laughs> right. Uh, but it was fun. That but was uh, fun. yeah, for the most part though, we pretty much see and view everything, you know, that's one thing I like about it. We view ministry and uh, he's very, very encouraging. He's, he encourages me to, to do more than what I want to do. You know, <laughs> he's very supportive. And, uh, and we, we usually see eye to eye in most things uh, when it comes to, you know, scriptures, when it comes to ministry, when it comes to, um, you know, the way things are in the world especially about loving your neighbor and uh, mm -hmm. loving, loving God, loving your neighbor, how important that is. Sure. And um, sure. so, yeah. So you got a, at least a um, master's by proxy, at least, right? Yeah, at least. <laughs> I, and I'm working, he's working on his second doctorate now. So I'm, I'm working on my second as well. <laughs> no, I'm working on my first. He's working on his second. <laughs> That's all right. Erica, do we have anything else? I don't want to miss somebody's question. I have, I have one more that I saved for last because. All right. Okay. All right. So, Sister Regina said that there's a, a funny story about a date, maybe your first date, that she's remembering. And like, I need more information. Said maybe it was a dream that she had, but she remembers you <laughs> saying a funny story about a date. Well, the only. The funny thing was when I, that wasn't really a date though, when I told him that not to take it personal about the, uh, <laughs> the Valentine's. <laughs> but uh, let me think, 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 think. 
Come on, Regina, you got to give me more than that. <laughs> Uh-oh, we have to save that one for next time. <laughs> I can't think of it. I'm sorry. <laughs> that, that is all right. Um, we'll, we'll, um, we'll have to report back on that. She'll get that. If, if it's like me, as soon as we close out, we'll go, oh, wait a minute, I know what she was talking about. Right, 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 yeah. <laughs> i have to bring it back to you. Excuse me, what, dear? Secretary said. What funny thing happened? <laughs> Are we doing this? <laughs> I love it. Secretary's Day. That's what I thought I heard him say. Yeah, well, I remember Karen, that. Secretary's Day. Yeah. Karen, Secretary's Day. Karen's like, I need something more. Uh, Regina said it was. Okay, I guess it was funny because it really, it was our first date, but it wasn't really a, a date date because it was Secretary's Day. So he took me up with Secretary's Day, kind of tricked me into it, I guess. Like it was, it was really our first date, but he took me out because it was Secretary's Day. Oh, so he posted in this whole Secretary's Day business. Yeah, so he took me out to eat for Secretary's Day. And uh, he was really, you know, that was how his, he was getting, working his way into dating me. That was his guys, I see. (laughs) Okay, that was, I guess that was kind of funny the way that worked out. Those things we had to be there. <laughs> she said something about she thought you insulted him or something. Oh, I was always doing that. <laughs> it's like, and <laughs> that was kind of common. Right? Uh, uh, well, maybe, maybe you're talking about when he was standing in uh, piles of laundry, like waist high, and he kind of like not really serious but you know suggesting that i marry him it's like yeah right (laughs) (laughs) suggesting so so brother pay when did he just come out like when was the okay when did he finally just ask or or how did that go down we'll we'll end on that note i don't remember him getting down on one knee or anything and proposing (laughs) (laughs) so what did he did he you know come up one day in church service and say come up to the altar let's pray with these people and then all of a sudden just <laughs> I'm just kidding since he's working in these you know covert operations here well I know I know at first I, I know he asked me several times you know I don't he didn't really just say will you marry me but you know like working around to it well what do you think about you know and it's oh, like yeah. nah I don't, I don't think so well it's a miracle it's a miracle you guys actually got married it (laughs) is it is because like I said I was deciding you know I'm I'm a single in ministry you know I don't need to be married it's like okay um you were holding on to that that's funny yeah and and I I tried to talk him out of it and you know he just I couldn't talk him out of it so finally so okay no (laughs) you you twisted my arm okay yeah okay okay I guess I'll marry you. Hey, that's funny. <laughs> you give new meaning to single and happy. Right? Yeah. But looking back on it now, I mean, I wouldn't change it for anything. I know it's God's will. And Absolutely. I know I've thrown a little humor in there, but. Uh, hey, God has a sense of humor. Yeah, he does. Absolutely. And, uh, well, it was cool. But it's been great giggling with you tonight. I, yeah, it's I, been on me. I like to giggle. Right. <laughs> And uh, we definitely appreciate you sharing some of your story. And uh, I'm sure some of our viewers, there's different pieces that resonated with them. And uh, definitely been an encouragement that God can use us, right? Whatever's that Absolutely, hand, yes. Mm-hmm. Whatever your hand finds yeah. to do, just do it and let God worry about when and where. 
Absolutely. That was yeah. a great, that's a great ending to this tonight yeah. and into our week, which is unplanned, but we've been talking about the role of a servant and that is a key point that you brought up there. Yep. So we, thank you all for uh, spending okay. this evening with us tonight. Thank you, Sister Karen. Thank you, Brother Peyton from the other room. <laughs> actually, actually, he's outside. <laughs> he's yelling at me. He was, he was afraid if he was in here that I would be too nervous or whatever. And, uh, and and he might be too tempted to jump in, you know, and say something. So he did really good. He didn't really jump in till I asked, you know. That's funny. So. That's love. All right. <laughs> yeah, it is. All right. Well, once again, thank again, thank you for joining us. Uh, don't forget to stop over at Newark EPC and uh, info and uh, there you can share praise reports and prayer requests. Uh, you can join a small group or find out when small groups meet. Uh, we've had a couple of unique pop-ins on our small groups of people that are not even in this area, which is cool. Uh, they just popped in on a Tuesday or Thursday night. And these groups are not open just to church members, but to whosoever will. And you want to, there's Bible lessons, there's prayer, there's sharing. Uh, they're a great way to get together uh, during this COVID you know, season that we're in uh, when people can't connect in person. So everything you need to know us about is there. Uh, kids classes. Again, you don't have to be a member of this church. Uh, we have Bible um, youth. I'm trying not to use the word kids Bible night. That's what we call it when we're in service, but our, our children's services are online also. So anyway, newarkupc.info. That's the place to go. God bless you all. And we will see you. This is Friday, right? We'll see you tomorrow evening at seven o'clock, same place. God bless you all and have a great night.